0: you're listening to the king's church podcast visit us online at kingsweepchurch.org.uk i want to start by asking you about mirrors do you like mirrors so i i have i have a type of um, Love-hate relationship with mirrors. So, I do. I do like them sometimes. They're obviously quite useful. Um, they do tell me when I've got food on my face. If my wife's not around, she'll tell me. Um, or if I've got food down my front, I can check what I look like. Um, but I also find, I don't know about you, looking in a mirror can feel very much like you're looking at a critic. Because what the mirror does is it reflects back what others can see. And I don't know about you, but I, I feel almost programmed to see the negative and not the positive. So don't look at the mirror and go, oh, yeah, I've got tremendously handsome eyes or something like that. Right There you go. And that's my wife coughing there. So what you tend to see is you see all the things that you don't like. So if you're getting older, the age lines, you know, people with flaws um, we all see the flaws now now, have you ever wondered why that is why is it that when we look in a mirror we don't go what a handsome person I am or what a beautiful person I am or that's an amazing creation that God's made there we automatically go to the negative now that's because um, because of the world we live in the world we live in is full of sin. And Paul in Ephesians, in Ephesians chapter 2, describes Satan as the Lord of the air. Satan has a lot of authority on the planet. Not absolute authority. But because we've sinned, he has a lot of control about what's going on. And so the messages he is continuously putting out to us are things to hurt us. The Bible also calls him a liar and the accuser. So most of the time, most of the communication, or a lot of the communication we get, is negative, critical. Other people telling you who you are, telling you what you should be, telling you when you've done something wrong or failed, or your hair's not perfect. In fact, all the advertising on TV is all about telling you where you are not good. You never see an advert saying, you're wonderful, you don't need anything else, don't buy anything else. Satan wants us to believe that we're all failures. Now, God's totally different to that. God isn't naive. He isn't um, foolish. God knows very well that we're all sinners. But you know, he looks beyond that when he looks in the mirror. Now, you know, when Anna looks in the mirror, if I'm, that's my wife, and if I'm looking, I like what I see. If I look to my children and I see them in a the mirror, you will often make me smile. I like what I see. I don't look at it going, there's that, there's that wife who doesn't do this or does do that or anything like that. That's not what goes from my head. My head goes, oh, there's Anna. There's Verity. There's, there's Gregory. I go, I can look at them. And I, I'm pleased. And when God looks at us, He looks beyond the flaws, whatever those flaws are, and he sees the child he created. And he sees the person he made. And all the skills and all the talents in there, he looks beyond the negative and sees what the potential is and what we can do and who we can be. Now, the reason I've started here is because we're looking at Acts. Okay, the book of Acts. And the reason we're looking at the book of Acts is because the book of Acts is history. This is indisputable fact about things that took place. Anna and I have been on holidays where we have stood where Paul stood. Even, they've even excavated the Roman pavement that he walked on. So we were actually walking down some of the streets Paul walked on. He's a real person. Barnabas was a real person. The book of Acts tells us of history. History. So when we looked at that film When we saw the clip And we saw the bits and pieces When you read the book of Acts This is what God does With people And how he uses people And that's what you and I are If he used Paul and Barnabas in this way He can use us In exactly the same way Now let's just For a second consider that Paul and Barnabas Were some sort of superheroes That um, you know we could never achieve anything that they did. So let's just find out who they are. So let's start with Paul. <coughs> so first of all, Paul is not his name. His actual name is Saul. Okay, so what does what does Saul mean? Well Saul means prayed for, but it also means questions, okay? So so if we think about Saul, if you named your child prayed for, then the reality is that child was wanted. So Saul was wanted and he grew up. okay. And Saul grew up in a place called Tarsus. And he was obviously wanted by his family and loved by his family. And he himself wanted to do what God wanted him to do. So later on in the Bible, he writes that he always followed what he understood as being the law of God so he, as a, even from a young age he learnt scripture he worked hard at it he tried to follow all the rules tried to do everything right but he was doing it all in his own strength and because he was doing it all in his own strength he started to make mistakes so he became passionate about things he didn't need to be passionate about and he was more interested in rules than people. And he was more interested in his interpretation of the rules than people. So when Jesus came on the scene, and when the church happened, Paul opposed it. Oh, sorry, Saul opposed it. He came along and he did everything he could to put it down. He actually went round finding people who were Christians. Oh, I'm on form today. Finding people who were Christians and actually getting them put in prison. At one time when the when somebody was being stoned, he encouraged them so much that he got he got the cloaks and stuff for people, more people to be able to go and throw the stones at him until the guy was dead, a guy called Stephen. So Saul had gone so far in his efforts to try and be perfect that he became very, very unperfect or imperfect. He became totally self-centered and totally, totally, um, well, I'm sure many people thought he was evil when their relations were taken to prison to be executed because of what he did. I'm certain they did. But God chose Saul and he met him and Saul met Jesus and the moment he met Jesus and met God, he changed. His whole life changed. He changed his attitude and he realized that it wasn't about him. It was about Jesus. So Saul, when he first became a Christian, was, was wrapped up in all this legalism and so on. So they sent him home. They sent him back to Tarsus. He had been in Jerusalem. He went home and went back to his roots and went back to his family, to the place where he was safe. And he learned. And from Tarsus, he then moved to a church in a place called Antioch. And he started worshipping in Antioch and growing there. And he met somebody and that person was called Joseph. Now Joseph, Joseph himself, Joseph again. So Joseph means. Let's get it right. Joseph means God will give. So, so the parents of Joseph called him Joseph. God will give. He. They saw him as a gift, and Joseph was a Levite, and Joseph. Um, was brought up to serve God because that's what the Levites did they looked after the temple, they looked after different things that were all around the worship of God now Joseph Joseph wanted to serve God and he had a better understanding than Paul. Uh, Saul, he didn't want to just follow the rules he actually cared about people and he grew up caring about people and caring about looking after things and doing things right God will give. Joseph gave. And his behavior became such that people started to refer to him as Barnabas, son of encouragement, because he came alongside people and helped people and he encouraged them. And he did that because of who he was. But when Jesus died on the cross, Barnabas realized there was more And Barnabas was one of the very first converts to Christianity. And just to show his heart, he was one of the very first people that when the church was in need, right at the very beginning, when they were gathering together and feeding people, he was one of the people that got his home and sold it and gave everything to the church to give away to the poor, to help the poor. And these are all the reasons why he he became known as Barnabas. But, But Barnabas was in Antioch. And God came to the people of Antioch The church in Antioch and said I want you to go and share what you've got with everybody else And I want you to send two people There are two people in the the church I want you to send I want you to send Saul and Barnabas And so they prayed for them And sent them off So where do you go? Where do you go if you just get the message God wants you to go out and bless people Barnabas went home. He was was born in Cyprus. He went to Cyprus. And he brought Saul with him because Saul didn't really know what he was doing. Saul Saul was still learning. So they went into Cyprus and doors started to open because Barnabas knew people and he talked to people. He knew the churches there. He knew the synagogues there. And they just started to share what they had. They shared who they were and what they had learned with the people that they knew in Barnabas's hometown and then across the island and people responded all sorts of wonderful things happened this is all in chapter 13 of Acts so God then told them to move on from there and they moved on yep and they went to Poseidon of Antioch so this is another it's not the same at Antioch they went off And they were there, and we saw in the cartoon some of the things that started to happen. They started to pray for people, and people were changed. Now, in the Bible, there's a very interesting thing that happened. Well, it's written down. So in in chapter 13 and verse 12, Saul is referred to as Saul that's when they were leaving Cyprus in chapter 13 and verse 13 when they arrived in the Antioch his name had been changed to Paul and from there on he's referred to as Paul what does Paul mean? it means small but it also means humble Saul had wanted to be the man. In Jerusalem, he wanted to be a leader of the Pharisees. He wanted to be in charge. He went round locking people up who didn't do what he said. When Saul met Jesus, Jesus started to change him. In Cyprus, he saw what Jesus could do. And Saul realized who was really in charge. Jesus was. And from that time on, the ministry he does is all about Jesus and nothing about Saul. In fact, in a letter he writes later on, he puts himself down immensely tells people is the worst of sinners he becomes poor small humble not important Jesus is the important thing he didn't want people focusing on him he wanted them focusing on Jesus but look at what happened so we've got a man who was really nice and wanted to help people. Was prepared to give. But we never hear of any power in him. We've got a man. Who wants to be it. Who has followed all the rules. All the laws. Okay. But he's totally self-centered. Totally doing it out of his own strength. Jesus meets them both. And they change. And churn from Saul. And Joseph to Paul and Barnabas because of what Jesus is doing in their lives so when they looked in the mirror what do you think they saw do you think they stood in the mirror and saw Saul and Joseph or did they see Paul and Barnabas That depends, I suppose, where they were with God at that particular time, wasn't it, and how hard things were. Because I don't know about you, but when things are difficult, I see Saul, and when I'm doing well with God, I see Paul. But it's Jesus who empowers us. It's Jesus who does it. The guy standing up when he was healed wasn't healed by Paul. He was healed by Jesus. Paul just happened to be the person who said, get up. None of the miracles we see. So at the end, after Paul had been stoned and Barnabas goes to him. Now, we don't know whether he was dead and raised from the dead or whether they just thought he was dead. But I tell you, he was stoned. And I bet while Paul was being stoned, he thought of a certain other person he'd been actively standing by encouraging people to stone him. But on the whole, most people didn't get up from a stoning. But when Barnabas went over, Paul was able to get up and go off. No broken bones. God empowered God empowered Barnabas to pray. And, and God healed, Jesus healed Saul. Now, what about me and you? Jackie asked you to write down what God's asking you to do. When you do what God asks you to do, even if it's go to another continent, or even if it's stay exactly where you are and learn a few lessons, read the Bible, talk to people, God will use it because it's not about you. We don't have to be Superhuman, super special, all equipped. We don't have to be graduate theologians. We don't have to be the most intelligent people. We don't have to be the most skilled people. We don't have to be the person who is a great doctor who knows how to heal somebody. We don't have to be anything other than what God's created us to be. Because He made us, He can use us. And he can even do miracles through us. Because it's all about Jesus, not about you and me. So, I would love to be able to say that when I I pray and I look in the mirror, I see Jesus. I don't. I tend to look at the faults and the food on my face and all the other stuff. But Jesus can use you. He can even use me exactly as we are all we've got to do is listen and do because it's Jesus who does it not us and the whole of Acts is filled with works that people do not because of who they are but because of who Jesus is and Paul is only worth reading because he listened to Jesus and the letters are not from Paul although he might well have dictated them. They're from Jesus to us, to tell us what he wants us to know. So I hope it encourages you, and when you look in the mirror, next time you look in the mirror, remember who hopefully is looking back. It's not about you. It's about Jesus. He's the one who'll do it. If you've got somebody in your family you want to see become a Christian, it's about Jesus. If you want a situation that needs to be changed, it's not about you, it's about Jesus. He's the one that can do it. We can't do it. And we might get frustrated that he doesn't do the things we want, but that's where we've got to trust him. So Lord, thank you. Thank you that you've sent us the Bible. Thank you that you've placed in our hands history and and stuff about people who are just like us. And I thank you that you use them and I thank you you can use me and you can use all of us. And Lord I'm very, very glad. I'm not that don't have to be perfect. I don't have to be an eloquent speaker. I trust you to talk to people today I trust you to do the things you want to do and I just ask Lord that you would help us that me might believe you Amen